Welcome, boom, chicka, wow, wow, to another fantastic episode of My Orgasmic Life. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Gaia Morissette, and today's episode is brought to you by Tickle Dot Life. <laughs> I don't know why that always makes me giggle. Anyways, okay, so I'm going to share, first of all, um, wherever you are, Oh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, thanks for hanging out with me this morning on a, you know, early in the morning. So first of all, I want to start off with, we're going to have a conversation about being a sexual sadist. I'm going to share with you today. So I want to do a little bit of content warning. So, you know, because it is early morning and I don't want to trigger you. <laughs> early morning where I am. So I'm going to talk about my journey becoming a sexual sadist and dropping into this place of being proud and not carrying any shame. And so in this journey, I'm going to talk about some trauma stuff, predatory stuff. Um, I'm going to talk about kink. I'm going to talk about spanking. I'm going to talk about um, me having, you know, sex uh, at a female orgy. I'm going to talk about some CBT, which stands for cockball torture. Um, so those are kind of just as a content warning. So if you're like, whoa, that is too intense, or that's not my thing, I lovingly, please take care of yourself. I will not be offended. <laughs> okay. All right. <sighs> I also lovingly, you know, uh, invite you to kind of stay, even if it makes you a little uncomfortable, uh, so that you can understand. You there might be some insight into this experience that you're like, oh, I never, I never understood that. That's what that meant. All right, here we go. Ready? I've never really told this story, so this is uh, this is the other piece of this is that I'm going to be incredibly vulnerable, and I'm going to own that, um, as this, this is my first time I've ever shared this publicly. All right, let's do another Kegel. <laughs> Breathe in, squeeze your genitals. <laughs> Exhale, relax. So where do I want to start my story? All right, I start my story as when I, and I just, this is just kind of set the groundwork up, okay? So when I was younger, um, I was, I, I endured a lot of trauma in childhood. And um, that trauma in particular um, around being satanically ritually abused and being part of, you know, being part of a satanic ritual cult. And part of that process, part of that programming was to actually program me to be a predator and, and to pray and to, uh, you know, so that I, I need to put that lay that groundwork down because it's a really important piece of my journey of reclaiming. Um, and when I'm telling the rest of the story, it just gives you an idea of like, oh, that's why that freaked her out. And oh, that's why she didn't do that. And oh, that's, that's why I want to give you that piece. Okay. So I was programmed to become a sexual predator. That was what I was trained in childhood while I was in the cult to become. I never became that. Yay me. Okay? 
So that's why this story is a really important story for me to tell. Okay, so now let's get to the good stuff. <laughs> so I had been exploring sexuality and being quite open and, and, you know, since I was 14 years old and, um, you know, exploring all different possibilities and, you know, exploring kink and bondage and light bondage and blindfolds and, you know, all the possibilities. Right. That's how I was, you know, I explored it. sexuality was this playground of possibilities of pleasure. So we start this story at the first time I flogged somebody. And it's important to understand what a flogger is. So a flogger is um, a, a, a toy in the BDSM world where um, it has like little fingers, like strings, and they come in different sizes and shapes and stuff. Okay, so that's what a flogger is. And what you do is you hit people with it, okay? That's what's the purpose of the flogger. So I met my first orgy girl orgy party, female all orgy party. Actually, this is my second time there because the first time I missed it. If you haven't, if you haven't heard, if you want all the deep juicy details, I have a podcast uh, episode on all about that. So you can go and be like, what? What happened to guys first orgy? Anyways, I missed the first orgy because I was talking too much. So this is the second time. So I'm here at the second time and I'm in a room and, you know, there's four of us, four women, and, you know, we're having all sorts of fun and, and I happen to be wearing a strap on in that moment. And, um, you know, the girl, you know, the woman that I was, you know, fucking doggy style, you know, she's like, hit me. And I was like, what? Oh, I can't. I'm like, I can't. And she's like, hit me. I'm like, I can't hit you. She's like, no, no, hit me. And I look around and in the room that we happen to be, there happened to be a flogger there. So I, you know, I pick up the flogger and, you know, I'm like, eh. I'm like very, very, very lightly. Uh, you know, it was very sad. <laughs> very it was a very sad flog. <laughs> She's like, no, hit me. And I'm like, so I go a little bit harder. I'm like, <coughs> still, it like, it's lame. Like, it doesn't really make very much contact. There's no sound. There's no impact. There's no nothing, right? And she's like, she's yelling at me. She's like, I want you to hit me harder. I like it. And I'm like, all right. So I like wind up. I wind my arm up. I bring it up over my head and I bring it down with force. It makes this impact sound smack. And this surge of power and arousal surges from my toes all through me it's like electricity it was like I was electrified it was like I was hit with a bolt of lightning from the floor up and in that moment I freaked the fuck out I was like 
I cannot be okay and get off on hurting another person. There's no way. So I freak out, actually go scream <laughs> and throw the flogger out of my hand over the back. All, and I kept still fucking with my strap on. <laughs> but emotionally, energetically, uh, psychologically, I was like, uh-uh, this is not happening. I cannot allow this to happen. There's no way that this is an okay thing for me. And so, and that's why I told you in the beginning around my trauma, right? That's why I freaked out so badly is because, you know, I was programmed to become a predator and I, and this looked too much. This was way too close to becoming that. And there was no way that that was going to happen. And so it freaked me out. I desired it. I loved it so much. And it freaked me out that I loved it so much that I didn't actually spank, hit, uh, step into that kind of more dominant BDSM space for about 10 years. That's how much it freaked me out because I really loved it. And I was terrified that I would become a predator. So let's take a breath. Whew. All right. Breathe. And thank you everybody for showing me love. Who's on the, who's live with me right now. All the love, all the hellos, all the, you know, shares, all the comments. You're all amazing. Thank you for being with me. Um, you know, everybody who's listening that are like, what, how can they get to find time and spend time live with her? You are, if you want to be live with me, then I highly recommend you following me on my Facebook feed, Guy Morissette. Okay, so back to the story. All right. So I don't pick up a flogger, wooden spoon, a paddle, my hand to hit another person for and to explore this again for about 10 years. And during that 10-year period, though, I'm free, getting freaky and having lots of sex and exploring all sorts of different aspects of my kinks and my desires, but I'm really exploring the submission side of the power exchange and really dropping into this place that, and I didn't realize why I was doing this at the time, but on a subconscious level, I, be, I think I believed that by being submissive and exploring my submissive side, this would prevent me from becoming a sexual predator, being, being dominant, being a sexual sadist. That, that is what I think I believed on a subconscious level, not realizing it, but that's what I believed. So, I spend those 10 years learning how to surrender and let go of control and let go of power and feeling safe. And, you know, what is it, you know, understanding the nuances of what it's like to be spanked, to be flogged, to, you know, to be, uh, you know, a little bit of a pain slut, to, you know, I drop into all of those places. And, but the whole time though, 
there's this part of me that wants to be in control, wants to be, wants to be the dom that I am, wants to be the sexual sadist that I am. So I'm feeling like there's this missing part of who I am, but I'm too terrified. I'm too afraid. I was like, there's no way I cannot become a predator. If, if, I, if I embrace that, if I allow myself to explore that, then I will become this predator and I don't want to be a pre this predator. I don't want to be what I was programmed to become. And so I was like, no. So I meet, let's fast forward, you know, we fast forward this 10, 12 years. And, you know, and at this point now I'm like, I'm teaching about sexuality. I've, you know, changed my career from a, you know, a pottery teacher pottery drumming teacher to, you know, a sexual wellness coach. And, you know, I'm teaching about BDSM and I'm teaching about kink and I'm teaching about how to spank and how to do it right. And I'm teaching all the things. And there's this part of me, there's this part of me that's like crying out to be like, let me out, let me out. We're a sexual sadist, come on, let me out. And inside, I'm like, and every time I would do a demonstration, there'd be a part of me that was like, ooh, I really like this. And I'd be like, no, this is, no, 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 can't, can't. And so I meet, so I do a lot of, you know, through this process, I'm doing lots of healing and work and teaching and, you know, facilitating other people leading into this place of sexual acceptance and, 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 you know, it's all good and how to do it safely and how to do it from a place of ethics and consent and all this beautiful thing. So I'm setting all these pieces up. So I then meet my, you know, my current partner, one of my current partners, because, you know, I have a harem. <laughs> Being an ethical slut. <laughs> That's for another show. Um, <laughs> anyways, so, um, you know, I meet one of my, you know, lo lovers. And, you know, Lady Bunny. And, you know, and I have his permission, by the way, uh, to, you know, out him. Um, so if you're like, what? You just called him by his name? Which is not his real name, but that's what I call him. Lady Bunny, Lady Bunny, Lady Bunny. <laughs> so I meet Lady Bunny. And we start exploring, and we start sexually exploring. And, and he says, you know, he likes CBT. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, I love the penis. I love the penis. I, I worship at the temple of the penis. There's no way, and by the way, CBT, if you're like, what's CBT? It's not cognitive behavioral therapy. We're talking about cockball torture, okay? <laughs> so we're on the same page. <laughs> you're like, why would you be afraid of cognitive behavioral therapy? <laughs> so I'm like, no, I can't. Like, there's no way. There's no part of me that's like, okay with hitting the penis. Or the balls. Can't do it. Can't. There's no way. And he's like, come on, I I like it. It it turns me on. It gets me off. It's exciting for me. And I'm like, I can't. He's like, just come on, try it. So it's very similar to the first time of the first story where, you know, I I lightly hit it. 
very lamely, not much impact. And again, he's like, yeah, harder. I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't, I just can't. It's just not okay. There's nothing about this okay. You know, like, he's like, come on, do it. I'm like, all right. So again, I hit a little harder. I get a little harder imp to it. I got it. Instead of a eh, I'm like a uh, little bit, right? And he's like, come on, you can do better than that. You can hit it harder. And I'm like, no, I can't. There's no way I can. And he's like, yes, you can. You can do it. I like it. I like it. I promise you. It's okay. I like it. So I'm like, all right. So I like you know, wind up basically. And I'm like, smack. And it's like, and he jumps, but he's like, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and he likes it. And again, this surge of power and arousal and desire surges through me. Now, I've done a lot of work at this point, and so I'm not quite so terrified at this point about becoming a predator. So I can lean into it a little bit more. And I'm like, oh, I like that. Let me do it again. <laughs> so I hit him again. And I'm like, whoo. And I'm, now I'm allowing myself to kind of explore and play in this place of, of arousal and, and power and sensations um, by the fact that I'm, you know, hitting his testicles and hitting his, his penis and, and he's enjoying it. And I'm, and, and I'm laughing. It's like, it's like this evil, like desire, this evil laugh just kind of came out of me. It was like, ah, it's so much fun. I'm doing it. <laughs> Very much nice to laugh <laughs> as I think about it. I thought it was hilarious and I thought it was so much fun. And it was like in this wonderful arousal space that was happening internally. So I was able to lean in a little bit more this time. You know, as I was leaning in a little bit more, I was liking it more. I was getting turned on more. And, you know, but then I freaked out again. Like as soon as the, I, I, as soon as the experience was over, I freaked out. I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, there's something seriously wrong with me. Like, it's not okay. It's not okay to go around hitting boys in the balls. <laughs> and all of my childhood programming of how it wasn't okay to kick boys in the balls. And that was very much programmed in, into uh, young when I was a kid anyways, um, which by the way, if you're watching, uh, was a really long time ago. I know it doesn't necessarily look like it, but I'm 45. Okay. So I just need to put that in, in perspective because everybody always like, Oh, you're so young. What do you know? What do you mean way back then? <laughs> yes. Way back then. I'm 45. So anyways, so while I was, you know, um, freaking out. When I was a kid, I was taught as a little girl that you don't do that. It's not okay to hit boys in the balls. It's like, you can, if you're going to hit a boy, you can punch them in the face, but you can't kick them in the balls. Like, it's not okay. There's nothing about that that's okay. And so now here I am as an adult with a consensual partner who really, who's the one that actually, you know, encouraged me to like go there and to drop into that place. And so I'm dropping into that place 
hitting him in the balls and laughing and having so much fun. And it's going against all of my programming. So now I'm freaking out internally. I'm freaking out like, oh my God, I'm a weirdo. I'm a freak. There's something wrong with me. Um, you know, I'm going to become this predator that I was, you know, I'm spend, spend my whole life being terrified that I was going to become because I was taught to become a sexual sadist and a sexual predator. I'm like, no. And on top of it, I'm also doing, I'm breaking the rules. Like I'm breaking the rule of you're not supposed to hit boys in the balls. You're not supposed to do that. It's not okay. Bad, bad. And all of that happening, the other part of me is like, but I like it. <laughs> and it's so much fun. I want to do it again and again and over and over. And I'm really enjoying it. So I do, so I had to do some like serious internal work in like becoming in line, like instead of this two warring aspects of myself that no, you can't, no, no, no. And the part of me is like, yes, we like this. It's okay. It's okay that you're a sexual sadist. That's all right. There's nothing wrong with that. It's as long as you do it from a consensual, healthy place, it's all good. The other part of me is like, no, you can't do this. <laughs> so now I spend, you know, I spend some time working through all of that, healing that, releasing that, you know, doing some, you know, cognitive reprogramming, you know, so cognitive behavioral therapy <laughs> instead of cockball torture. So I can be okay with cockball torture. I did some CBT so I could do the CBT. Um, and so, you know, and I, and I lean in and I lean in and I keep leaning in and, you know, I'm like, okay, I, I so this is okay. I'm okay. This is all right. And I start exploring. And so I moved from CBT to other forms of BDSM and I move into, you know, now I'm moving into, you know, places like humiliation and I have to work through my own layers again and, and embrace who I am. And it's okay that this is who I am and, and letting go of the shame and letting go of the judgment and letting go of the fears. And I keep moving through the process to a place where then I actually become you know, a pro, pro dominatrix, not only a, you know, BDSM wellness expert, but also a, a pro, dom, pro dominatrix where people are now paying me to be mean to them, <laughs> to dominate them, to hurt them, to hit them, to humiliate them, um, to dominate them and own their ass. And I love it. I love it. It's like, I love the, the, the rush and I love the arousal and, you know, I start exploring deeper and I continue to explore. But that journey is a constant, has been a, uh, now, I mean, me sharing this is kind of like the next level. It's like, this is like the end of my journey. I feel like this is the end of the journey by me sharing these publicly, by me owning this, by me saying, yes, I am a sexual sadist and I love and get off on hurting other people. I like making other people cry. <laughs> See? Did I laugh? Yeah, see, I do. Yep, it's true. 
that is the, you know, and I'm okay with that. And the reason I'm okay with that is because I'm never going to become a sexual predator. The fact that I was so afraid of becoming a sexual predator made sure that I won't become one. And, um, you know, when I hit, it's always from a place of love. <laughs> and it's consensual and it's sane. And all of the pieces have been put into place so that it's okay. And the, that the person who is on the receiving end of my sexual sadism is also a masochist, meaning that they get off on the piece around being owned, dominated, hit, they're giving me bane slides, humiliation slides, like, like they get off on it. Just as me being a sadist doing, you know, hurting people and making them cry, it makes me, you know, horny and makes my clit throb. It, you know, turns them on and gets their arousal response. And it's okay because it's consensual. It's okay because we're leaning into it and knowing it for what it is. It's not abuse. It's not victimization. It's not trauma because we're doing it from a place of consent. We're doing it from this beautiful place of ownership and consensual ownership of, and understanding our, where we're at. Now, that being said, okay, so I just need to say this. If I hadn't worked through my shit, if I hadn't worked through my emotions, if I didn't, if I wasn't aware of, and this is a really important piece of this, right? So I'm talking about the happy ending. There's, there was a happy ending. <laughs> Hitting with a happy ending. Um, the reason that there was a happy ending to this, you know, this story is because I leaned in, I worked on my stuff, I was aware, I could have easily, if I hadn't have done all the pieces and all the work and all the awareness and all those stuff, I would have, it could very easily, I could very easily become abusive, I could have very easily become an abuser, I could have very easily become a predator, very easily. Because not only was there sexual arousal and power in the surge that was, is really intoxicating, number one, but two, I also was, I was already um, groomed and, and trained to become an actual predator and because of my childhood cult stuff. And so because of that, I was already pre-wired to be that. The other piece is, is that, you know, when we drop into the fact of being a sadist or being a masochist for that matter, um, it's really important for that we aren't replaying, we aren't playing out trauma. And, and I need to say this because it very much happens. This is where it goes from, this is healthy, this is consensual, this is good, to this is traumatic, this is abusive, this is not okay, right? This is unhealthy. Um, it's re-victimization. It's all of these things. It can go from healthy to unhealthy really quickly. And, and it's, 
that piece of when you're doing, when you're going to drop into these places of, you know, power exchange and being a sadist or being a masochist, that you really need to be aware of why and how, and is there shit attached to it? And so that you clear it out so that you are not going to bring that into and turn this thing that can be so beautiful and so magical and so, well, let's be honest, sexually gratifying without going over to the dark side <laughs> where you become a sexual sadist that, you know, becomes a serial killer. Like there's, 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 a, there's a line there and we need to know what that line is and we need to know how do we keep ourselves on this side of the line. And, and that's in the important piece of this. So yeah, that's, that's my story. That's my adventure. And I also realize that I'm kind of, you know, not only my sexual sadist in my, you know, in the bedroom, but I'm kind of a sadist in other aspects of my life. And that's okay because I have balance. There's, there's this balance piece, right? There's that checks and balances that I have in place. So for example, I've part of why I get to do my job and why I'm so good at my job and why I love what I do as a holistic sexual wellness specialist um, is because I make people uncomfortable. You know, I talk and people get uncomfortable and everybody, and I'm excited. I get, I get a little rush from the fact that everybody's uncomfortable. <laughs> I just made everybody uncomfortable. He <laughs> And that's a good thing that I get off on making everybody uncomfortable because it's in that place of uncomfortableness that people look at things that they don't want to look at and they grow and they change and they, they become alive and they become awakened. But that can't happen if we're, if we're not uncomfortable, if we don't feel, um, so it's good that I get off on making people uncomfortable. And then my checks and balances is how people, you know, get to the other side and work through their stuff and feel good about and feel safe and feel safe to be uncomfortable, right? So that's the other part of me. That's the, the kind and the loving and the nurturing part. And that's the other thing. That's the other thing I want to actually say about this is that when I finally started to truly embrace, not run away from the fact that I was a sadist, not run away from the fact that I was a sexual sadist, not run away from it and started to embrace it, to have outlets, to have avenues in which I could express that from a place of love and, and self and a self-acceptance and unconditional love of myself. When I had started to be able to express it, you know what happened as a byproduct? And I know that you're going to be like, what? I actually became nicer. I became kinder, nicer, more I had more empathy. I had more compassion for those moments where I wasn't in that place of uh, sexual sadism or, you know, those moments of just getting glee out of making people uncomfortable. I actually became genuinely, it wasn't like, it, before when I was nice, before when I was 
compassionate before when I was in that place of love, like the loving place, it was almost like it wasn't real. I had to force myself to become that, to hide. It was like I was so that no one could see this other part of me. No one could see this darker side of me. No one could see that I really liked making people uncomfortable. And I really liked and I really wanted to hurt people. And I wanted to get off on hurting people. And, and I, it was like I didn't want anybody to know that because this was like this secret inside me that I felt all this shame and fear of. And so while I was feeling all this shame and fear about that side of myself, I was all like, la, 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 nice and you know, I was always the nice girl and, you know, I was like, you know, rainbows and unicorns and sparklies. And it wasn't real though. It was like, uh, it was like this mask that I was wearing on me all the time to, because there was a part of me that I was so terrified internally within me. And then once I like healed that and once I let her out, she gets to come out and play, right? The sadist gets out to come out and play. And once I got to get out and play, all of a sudden, I genuinely was nice. Like, actually, for the first time, I was like, yeah, this is easy. I actually am feeling kind of nice. I am feeling kind of compassionate. I'm feeling giving. I'm feeling loving. I was, it was the first time that it was true. So actually, by allowing myself to embrace the dark side of who I am, the darker side, the, the, you know, the one that has the evil cackle, um, you know, letting her to come out and play and embracing her in, in safe, consensual space, it allowed me to become a nicer human being across the board. So that's what I want to leave you with. Is there some part, so this is the question I have for you. Is there some part of you that you are afraid of? Is there some part of you that you are ashamed of? Is there some part of you that you hate? And is there some part of you that you don't think anybody would love you if they knew about you? We all have that part, by the way. And what I leave you with today's, in today's episode, in today's show, is what if you could embrace that part of you from a place of love and then set boundaries and parameters and all sorts of stuff afterwards, but you know, of in which they could exist, but in a safe containment space. What if you could just embrace it and say, I love you. It's okay. And that's a hard one. So that's my challenge to you. That's my, that's what I leave you with is this challenge of to look yourself in the mirror and give yourself a hug and say, I love you. Even that dark, ugly side that you're terrified that if anybody were to see or anybody wanted to know about it, that they, they would not love you or never speak to you again. It's time to embrace that part so that you're not in war. And then if you want to learn how to embrace it and it work with you and how it can, you know, those, that, that part of you is probably what makes you so good at what you do in the world um, and embracing all of those pieces, um, then come hang out with me and we can figure out how to do that for you. <laughs> all right. And, and, you know, come to that place, but 
you know, today, just start with the idea that, hey, what if it was okay that I embrace all of who I am? I love you. I love you for listening to this whole show. I love that even if you're sitting in judgment right now about, I cannot believe Gaia just shared that with me. The fact that you listened and you're still here, I'm super proud of you for. Um, and as some time goes by, it might settle into you. <laughs> if not, please reach out to me so we can deal why my story is affecting you. Um, you might be slightly triggered. That's okay. That's what I'm here for. I remember sadist. <laughs> My job is to trigger you. My job is also to put you back together. So <laughs> call me. <laughs> but you can reach me at succulentliving.com um, for all your BDSM needs and wants and education and needs. You can find me at empressgaia.com. Um, I have some fantastic courses um, in particular in this area of BDSM. I have a, um, I've, I think 14 courses. I have 14 different courses around sex, relationships, alternatives, uh, relationships, BDSM, Tantra, all sorts of stuff, right? So, you know, you can check that out. It'll be in the show notes. Um, I'll also put them in the comments. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, um, don't forget to follow my podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, all the places, all the places, and the podcast's name again is My Orgasmic Life, and I have an app, so you can actually download, I, I'm not sure if it works for Apple uh, products, but I know it works for Android, um, so you can go to Google Play and download the app so that you can take me with you everywhere. Who doesn't want a little Gaia in their day? <laughs> and that laughter who doesn't need that and the last thing is follow me on social media empress gaia uh guy morset and if you're listening and you're like well i want to be on the lives and i want to be able to actually have ask her questions and engage with her um then you can follow i, I recommend following my facebook page because um, that's where i do the streaming in lives too so you can actually interact and ask questions and engage with me if you want to all right so go forth Embrace all of you, the good, the bad, the ugly, the dark side, the, the side that turns you really on, that you're afraid that if anybody knew about, wouldn't love. Embrace it. Give it a big hug. Say, I love you. Thank you for being you. That's it. That's all. Bye-bye. <laughs>